Hi everyone, this is Sydney Antomanchek from Inside Scientific, the online environment for life science webinars, virtual events, interviews, and educational content that helps you do your best work. Today's episode of Expert Answers features Dr. Sarah Greising from the University of Minnesota. She recently joined us for a webinar where she presents various near-term interventions for the restoration of tissue function following complex injuries in both small and large animal models. Let's jump in. Dana has asked, in the metabolic situation, did you correlate mitochondrial dysfunction with decreased contractility measured in the muscle? Yeah. So in the small animal, we do have some of that data. Actually, I don't think we've correlated it specifically, but our small animal data was just recently published and it is there. I think, I think one of the things that we have worked on with the metabolic side of things is trying to understand, and I didn't present this data here why it's actually not, the muscle remaining is not responding to known stimuli that should improve mitochondria. So things like exercise or overload stimulus, we aren't seeing that response here. So we're trying to understand a little bit how those those relate to the function, but correlate specifically, I don't think we have. How did I say that? Okay, perfect. Thanks. Our next question from Yuri, does movement affect the development of collagen in the muscle after an injury? Yeah. So we have done some work where we tried an approach where we just used passive range of motion to see if we could change the trajectory of that. And we haven't seen much impact on that, but we haven't explicitly looked at different collagen isoforms per se afterwards. Anecdotally, we don't have this data explicitly, but we don't see a lot of movement impairments, at least in our animal models after injury. So we don't think that's contributing to what we're seeing there. Great response. Thanks. All right. The next one on my list, Kevin commented, very nice presentation. How important is the location of the injury to the outcome? So in particular, in terms of damage to the vascular system, as well as nerve branches. Yeah, I think that's a great question. I actually don't know that that's been looked at specifically. We think about it a lot in our in our lab. We try to standardize these models as best as possible for reproducibility. But of course, clinically, this is a really heterogeneous injury type, right? You, you won't see two that are presenting in the same way. But I think easily, you know, if this injury were potentially right where the the nerve stump is potentially moving, you know, inserting into the muscle, that could be more functionally impactful than something that is, you know, in the middle third or the bottom third, or in the same way that something that maybe impacts the myotendinous junction could potentially be impacting there. So I think there is a regionality of it. We have really stressed using functional deficits as our outcome to be able to kind of get around that a little bit, but I don't think there's good data to support it at the moment. Okay, thank you. Albert has asked whether you've applied this type of functional analysis in porcine models of models of hind limb ischemia or denervation. Yeah, so we have not done it, but I do know there's a group who has used the large animal functional testing in the ischemic model. So it, it definitely is out there. I think for us, for the large animal side of things, we focused really on this injury, but there's 
a whole host of things that you could be be using these for be that normal physiology, a lot of the neuromuscular disorders that are moving into pig models, all of these would be great, great options to use that large animal testing system. But we have not specifically, we've really focused on BML. Okay, that makes sense. Okay, let's jump to this one here. Noah has said, is there a persistent loss or reduction of muscle blood flow slash capillary network to these injured areas? or sorry, in these injured areas. Does this figure in the overall picture of failure to regenerate muscle function? Yeah, so that recovery vasculature is, of course, equally as important. That was one of the physiologic aspects that I just didn't touch on. We don't focus much on the vasculature. It's a little bit hit and miss, the data that is out there. I don't think it's been well evaluated. But yes, you absolutely need the vasculature to respond, be that just for blood flow, for paracrine factors, growth factors that are needing to get to the area, it will impact um, functional recovery, not not having that as well. And keep in mind, these injuries are taking, I focused really on the muscle fibers, that loss of fibers, but it's taking all the endogenous parts of muscle, right? The, The scaffolding, the extracellular matrix, the vasculature, that's all being removed in these injuries. So yeah, all of them are important to to recover in that sense. Okay, fantastic. So Stan has asked, can you comment on VML injury in aged equivalent to say a 60-year-old in humans, in aged animals, and the ability to obtain aged large animals? That's a great question. We have not done any work in aged animals. I know that there is a group who does look at them, who kind of focuses their research questions a little bit more on that side of things. And in part, they're trying to look at, is the regenerative response different in these animals? So yeah, we have always used adult small animals as well as adult pigs as well. We don't have any data on that. I will say, depending on on the aged animals, depending on what strain of pig you are using, there there will be some limitations, as probably people realize. Pigs grow a lot. Everyone's probably been to you know their state fair and seen these giant pigs, or maybe they grew up on a farm. They can get really big. So I, at the moment, we are considering shifting into maybe the mini pig model. Not that they just don't grow quite as much. They still get plenty big. But I think that would be a limitation if you're thinking about using the large animal model in an aged pig. Is there going to be, they're going to be quite large in thinking about that growth curve. And the functional range, at least, there's lots of aspects, right? There's the anesthesia, there's the housing, like so many aspects will fit into these really large ones. But there is a an upper limit, per se, on the functional apparatus that in that 890A. I think the largest handle that we've used is about like 130 kilograms. So we've definitely used bigger ones, but they will just continue to get bigger. So I would hesitate to say in the large animal model to to get aged ones. Okay. Great information. Thanks. Okay. Let's see here. Michael said, along the lines of Uri's question, can you make a distinction between movement and loading? That's a great question. Other people can. We do not have that capability in our lab at the moment. But yeah, you could have force plates. And we have talked a lot about this 
there's some treadmills that'll or walkways, right, that'll have parallel force plates and you could isolate which limb was loading in which situation. We just don't have the data. Anything that I showed you is just activity. But yes, there's always the possibility that they are just not loading the limb that was injured. That definitely is there. We just don't have the data, but you could do it. Mm-hmm. Okay. Awesome. Is there a difference in the sex of the animal's recovery or response to VML injury? I know that this is usually a big question in a lot of studies. With the data that we have, recently we've started matching our study populations, males and females, and we have not seen a difference. That's not to say that it's not there. Most of the data out there has been on males. And I think clinically, all of the case studies that are out there are all males as well. I would hesitate to say there's absolutely no difference, but we haven't seen anything yet. We hope you enjoyed this episode of Expert Answers and that you'll tune into future episodes where researchers, just like you, answer questions about their work, offer tips, tricks, and best practices, but most of all, share science. Don't forget to subscribe.